now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union labels. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of all of our nascent but robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right. The Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week. Again, all thanks to you. And, by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, well, even high-profile liberals like actor Tim Robbins and tennis great Martina Navratilova, these folks are coming out against the woke Nazis' opposition to free speech and the woke Nazis' refusal to let naturally-born females compete among themselves without transgender females pushing them out of athletic games. Also, to show you how marginalizing the left has become when it comes to free speech, Minnesota Democrats right now are pushing a bill to let people supposedly log biased speech, in other words, dissent they don't like, with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights for statements like COVID was likely leaked from China's Wuhan lab. Now that's going to be inferred as somehow being xenophobic, as if what matters most is not the message, but rather the pigmentation of some of the people who might be uh, associated or, uh, or, or might belong to the persona of the people who convey the opposite message. I mean, folks, we got to understand, this is, there's a difference between issues relevant to racial conflict versus issues relevant to conflict that just might transpire between people who are not of the same race, okay? In other words, like a white guy and a black guy can argue over the same things that might be argued by two blacks, two whites, two Hispanics, two Asians, two Middle Easterners, but for some dumbass reason... If the two people having a disagreement are not of the same pigmentation, bingo, bango, it must be a racial problem. That's ridiculous. By that measure, we can never be critical of an oppressive government if that oppressive government happens to be populated by people who are not white. This is insane. We've got to grow up. Just so bizarre. 
this is very strange what they're doing. You know, I'm wondering if maybe it's time for free speech mobs to swarm Minnesota's capital, just like the left did in Wisconsin. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing Dr. Stephen Allen, vice chairman of the Conservative Caucus. He's a political analyst, uh, bio-warfare expert, investigative journalist. He served as senior researcher for Newt Gingrich's presidential run, as well as press secretary for Senator Jeremiah Denton, Republican out of Alabama. Uh, good to have you back, Dr. Allen. How are you today? Great to be with you. Uh, really, really interested in uh, what you were saying there. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Actually, though, I think we brought you on to talk about how um, your caucus um, – is kind of happy to have Joe Biden be the one who's running. Uh, I am as well. I think he's very beatable. I would just personally prefer Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to be the nominee. Where am I mistaken? Oh, uh, you know, look, we've got members who are Trump people. We've got members who are DeSantis people. Uh, There are maybe a couple of other candidates who are trying to appeal to the same sort of folks. But we are definitely, uh, the you might say, the populist uh, conservatives in the tradition of uh, Thomas Jefferson and then Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln said they were uh, they were quoting uh, Thomas Jefferson and everything they did. And then Ronald Reagan, of course, ran against uh, big business uh, in his campaign. I was working in that campaign. I was a uh, 18-year-old Reagan campaign staffer at one point. And uh, the um, uh, they, you know that that this is a, a a long-standing tradition of populist conservatism. Although I was involved with Richard Vigory in developing the principles back in the '80s, so uh, that's why uh, they called on me to help out with the conservative caucus because that's that's sort of the wing that we represent. We represent the folks that stand for working class people, for small business class people, for regular folks against the, you know, the Washington elite and so on. Let me ask you something. Do you see conservatives being a little more aggressive this go-around? Because it just seems to me is that so many conservatives will only object to the Democrats up to the point where the Democrats say they no longer may. (laughs) I'm talking about, I guess, a lot of the uh, rhinos. And please understand, I say this as a a social progressive. Yeah, I'll agree with uh, conservatives and that I'm for smaller government, lower taxes, originalist judges. I believe the Constitution should be interpreted as as it was written i mean there are certain absolutes that the constitution has i don't believe a court can rule that the constitution is in opposition to that which its text uh explicitly permits nor can it be ruled that the constitution supports that which its text explicitly forbids now there are plenty of gray areas where judicial review must take over because quite honestly there's plenty of areas of the constitution that just might not have specific language to deal with a particular challenge and focus but in those areas where you do have absolute wording i think um, it, it should rule the day. So I'm, I'm, I'm to, that, to that degree, an originalist. I have a problem with these folks who are, are uh, with the living document theory because by their measure, uh, our, all of our protections in the Bill of Rights would become less guaranteed simply because of the age of their text. <laughs> I, think, I, think oh, most no, Americans, no. I think most Americans believe that our, our rights should be timeless, not time-limited. But all that notwithstanding, I am a, a social progressive, but I still believe that the left have simply gone out of their minds. They're becoming these authoritarian Nazis that have this inverted burden of proof structure to all of their arguments. And I, and I believe it's untenable, so it'll eventually implode. But unless the conservatives become a lot more aggressive than they've been thus far, um, they could have their collective ass handed to them come 2024. Where am I mistaken? Oh, no, no, you're absolutely right. We're, we're going to get killed if we don't uh, – 
something different from what we've done in the past. You know, they, uh, they talk about being aggressive. I, I define a rhino. I don't define a rhino as necessarily, you know, a uh, a so-called liberal Republican. There are people like, you know, Rudy Giuliani, for example, who would, in the, certainly in the old days, would have been considered, uh, you know, on the liberal side of the party, but was someone who would fight back. So he was not a rhino. A rhino is someone who uh, accepts accepts the premises of the other side and won't fight. So I you agree. could have someone like that. I completely like, uh, agree. That is right. On. Matter of yeah. fact, I want you to restate that for the audience because it's a brilliant and insightful truncating of exactly what constitutes a rhino. Please restate it again with the Rudy Giuliani reference. Right. Uh, Rudy Giuliani was considered a member of the liberal wing of the Republican Party, but he is not a rhino. A rhino is not a liberal Republican. A rhino is someone who won't stand up for what you believe in, who accepts the premises of the other side and won't fight. And we see that all the time. Uh, you, you know, Paul Ryan and I probably agree on 99% of things, but he wouldn't fight. Uh, and you see that with uh, probably, I don't know, have a, a third or maybe half of the Republicans in the Senate. They're nice and comfortable, uh, and they, uh, they can hold on to their positions, not be too controversial now uh, if they don't fight on the things that matter, if they simply accept the premises of the other side. And uh, you see that a lot of particularly science issues. Uh, that's what happened with the Wuhan coronavirus. Uh, that's what's happening now with the trans issue. Uh, a lot of this stuff is simply ridiculous, and then uh, but Republicans will accept the premise. Once you accept the premise, then uh, you know you're 90 percent of the way toward just agreeing on whatever policies are proposed to deal with that supposed problem. Uh, and uh, we have. Well, to have I think that's where we have to distinguish fight. the disparity that exists between a genuine premise versus the woke pretext pretending to be one. You know, Aesop's right, right. fable said uh, a tyrant will always find a pretext for his tyranny. Um, they, they're not coming up with a premise. They're coming up with a pretext. And there's a whole different story. For instance, right now, you got Biden who's coming up with this uh, rule that would have those with good credit being obligated to subsidize the mortgages of those with bad credit. And when you think about it, that equals taxation without representation since all taxes must originate with the House, according to Article One of the Constitution. But that's what he's, he's going to be doing. Now, it's black-letter constitutional law, so, I mean, there shouldn't even be any need for legislation to counter this. This should be taken care of um, in, in a court too sweet. But you still have some rhinos that are amenable to this. Am I wrong or not? Oops, I guess we lost the guy. Anyway, Dr. Stephen Allen was with us, vice chairman of the Conservative Caucus. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. Spring is here. Time to get out of the gym and take your workout outdoors. Whether you're walking, running, swimming, or biking, it's important to have a proper warm-up routine to prevent injuries. Five-time Ironman triathlon world champion Craig Crowey Alexander has some advice. Sprains, strains, and injuries can happen to any athlete. Even a minor injury can affect your performance and derail your fitness routine. One of the best ways to try and prevent injuries is to make sure you prepare properly. Alexander recommends always starting with a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm-up. Activation exercises combined with some dynamic movements like lunges are great for warming up. Focus on one specific movement at a time until you feel ready to go. 
Be sure to listen to your body and use proper support gear when needed to protect yourself and prevent injury. The Curad Performance Series Ironman lineup includes rugged supports, wraps, kinesiology tape, bandages, and analgesics to support you on your fitness journey. For more, go to curad.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, so much going on. Uh, I swear to God, you could blindfold yourself, uh, throw a dart, and you're going to hit something of great relevance. I mean, just, it's just uh, been that kind of a news cycle as of late. Um, anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing 
one Michael Seifert, uh, founder and CEO of Public Square. This is the largest uh, directory of patriotic businesses in the country. Uh, Michael, good to have you on board. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. No, a pleasure, a pleasure. Listen, I want to chat with the fact with you about the fact that you're moving your organization, uh, moving your headquarters from California to Florida, and this is because of burdensome regulations and a dangerous woke agenda. But, my friend, it looks like the feds are going to uh, try to do things to all of us that will affect all of us, regardless of where we reside, regardless of where our businesses uh, might be. Um, one thing that I'm concerned about is what we're looking at uh, from the Biden administration as it relates to having um, people with good credit be obligated to subsidize those with poor credit when it comes to mortgages. So whatever advantage you normally have by having good credit is, is sort of neutralized because you're going to have to spend more anyway to help others out who don't have uh, the kind of credit you possess. I'm looking at Fox's reporting on it. It says House Republicans are rolling out legislation to stop a new Biden administration regulation that, if implemented, would force lower-risk mortgage borrowers to help subsidize lower rates for high-risk borrowers. Uh, they go on to report that Representative Stephanie uh, Bice, a Republican out of Oklahoma, vice chair of the Republican Main Street Caucus, told Fox News Digital on Wednesday that President Biden was enabling a culture of dependency and blasted the White House for levying uh, new regulations while skirting Congress to do so. She writes, quote, whether it's student loan forgiveness or their mortgage rule through the power of the pen, Biden and his executive agencies are attempting to bypass Congress and fundamentally change how, how our country operates. She adds, we should not punish individuals who have made sound financial decisions or have the government incentivized lowering credit scores. Uh, her bill is called the Free Market Mortgage Act of 2023, and it would repeal this new policy that the Federal Housing Finance Agency, uh, FHFA, intends to enact next month. Now, correct me where I'm wrong, but uh, the Biden administration's rule to force those having good credit to subsidize the mortgages of those with bad credit, I think, equals taxation without representation because uh, that's all this really is. It's a tax, and taxes must originate with the House according to Article One of the Constitution. It's black-letter constitutional law. So isn't it fair to say that, technically speaking, there's no need for legislation to deter that which is already illegal. This requires a damn lawsuit from the GOP leadership in the House. They have the standing uh, as a separated power to go after the president. Where am I mistaken? You're not. In fact, I have three big takeaways here. The first is, to your point, first of all, our founders are spinning so fast in their grave right now, I can feel the ground shaking beneath my feet. Right. Because this is an amazing example of taxation without representation. The GOP needs to do far more than just simply initiating an act of Congress to repeal. They need to completely deny its legitimacy and exactly right, file lawsuits to challenge these executive agencies that we did not elect. We, the people, did not get to vote for these bureaucratic cesspools. And so when they are enacting legislation illegitimately, the GOP has to do a lot more than just firing back a legitimate bill. We actually need to take them to court and hold them uh, accountable for these egregious actions. The second thing I would say is that yeah. any nation, Alan, that wants to thrive cannot penalize those that are willing to succeed and innovate. And so well, that, this is, that this logic is, is understood. I mean, that's the reason why no law should ever be passed to back up what Biden's doing. That's understood. My point, though, is that legisl no executive order nor any legislative law um, 
is binding unless it's constitutionally compliant. I mean, any, an executive order and a, and, and a piece of legislative law really is only as binding as it is constitutionally compliant. So in my estimation, this is a pruric uh, gesture on the part of legislators uh, on the right in the House because, number one, it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, even if it passes the House, it will never pass the Senate. And it's a waste of time when they could really be better uh, – uh, fighting this in the court because the laws are already on the book that preclude Biden from being able to do that. Not only that, am I wrong in saying that this is also ripe for an immediate citizen-wide class action lawsuit because millions could easily meet the criteria for what constitutes standing, you know? Uh, and on, on, on this matter, um, standing, of course, was established by the Supreme Court's ruling in Lujan of the Defenders of the Wildlife in 1992. Just very quickly... To paraphrase all this, you know, sometimes we can't see the forest, the clarity for the trees of minutia. So let me try to truncate this as much as I can. Um, there are requisites that have to be met in order to satisfy standing. You've got to have injury in fact. That's going to be a harm that is actual and imminent versus merely conjectural or hypothetical. And then there's causation. This is, I guess, showing how the harm is traceable to the controversial conduct and focus. And then finally, likelihood of redress. This is where the plaintiffs must identify the remedy that a court's ruling could even offer. Now, given that this has a provable negative impact on millions of lives having good credit, with easily shown linkage to the constitutionally noncompliant action in focus, and that it can be stopped immediately by the court or courts that would rule on the violation in question, it would appear that this would be a law firm's wet dream when it comes to the matter of standing. Where am I mistaken? You're not. Uh, the problem is you're dealing with people that don't care about the Constitution. And the well, reality I know the left the, doesn't, but why doesn't the right catch on to what uh, can be done here? You, you, you've got a great point. It's also because too many of them have allowed in their apathy to see egregious act of violation against the Constitution time and time again. And so why are we surprised when they're not standing for us now? The, the, exact, uh, the, the exact gameplay here should be very self-evident. We should be taking this to the courts. The GOP should put out an immediate press campaign encouraging any lenders and any home buyers down the line to immediately take action and to contact your local officials, uh, to put pressure on the GOP as a whole, to file lawsuits, to put pressure on the left to back down on this. But they're not. We haven't seen one press campaign. We've seen a few compartmentalized acts of members of Congress, but we have seen nothing unified in this response. And this is going to penalize homeowners $4,000 over the course of a mortgage. That's a really big deal. That have done nothing but uh, make sure that they're exercising financial well, Michael, let me ask alive. you. let me ask you. I understand you have the largest directory of patriotic businesses in the nation, correct? I do. How many businesses would that mean? How many do you have? 50,000. 50,000. Now, it strikes me that you're in the perfect position to mobilize the very thing that you so eloquently suggested. We absolutely are. And we've done a, uh, a really robust effort on shows like this right now. Uh, have made the rounds everywhere over the media over the past week. We've tried to get the word out on social media, bringing awareness to this. We have an incredible community of consumers and businesses alike that are people that prioritize financial that are negatively affected by this egregious act. So, 
Well, I'll tell you what. Let, I want to talk a little bit more about this upon a return. Michael, if you can, hang on the line for a bit. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along in this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach, absolutely delighted you could be with us today. We're, we've been covering a number of things, even high-profile liberals like actor Tim Robbins and tennis great Martina Navratilova. They're all coming out against the woke Nazis' opposition to free speech, as well as their refusal to just let naturally-born females compete, compete among themselves without transgender females pushing them out of athletic games. I mean, folks... We can all be very supportive of the transgender uh, community um, without denying science uh, in a way that uh, just marginalize women. It, 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 it seems that you have to have an IQ below that of a fire hydrant to not understand that science shows it's a physiological reality that transgender females have the upper hand when it comes to competitive sports when they're up against naturally born females. And there's nothing wrong with protecting women's rights even when doing so might tick off those of bad faith in the transgender community. I support the transgender community unambiguously, unwaveringly. But to deny science or to be obligated to deny science in order to be seen as somebody who is supportive of the transgender community is catastrophically insane. There, there is nothing to be gained in that regard. It's antithetical to all things science. And I, I hope to God we just grow up on this issue. Speaking of uh, intolerance for dissent, you've got Minnesota Democrats pushing a bill to let people log biased speech accusations with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. What's biased speech? This would be dissent that they don't like. <laughs> okay, Stuff like 
If you say COVID was likely leaked from China's Wuhan lab, this, according to the people back in the bill, this specific reference would be regarded as biased speech or a biased event. Something just short of a racist comment. Why? Because the authoritarian state in focus happens to be with a government not comprised of white people? (laughs) Since when do we predicate our reaction to wrongdoing on the pigmentation of those committing the wrongdoing versus the act itself. This is insane. Anyway, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing uh, Michael Seifert, founder and CEO of Public Square, the largest directory of patriotic businesses in the nation. Uh, he's here chatting with us about um, you know, excessive regulations and how it could be harmful to businesses. Uh, we were just talking about Joe Biden's crazy idea of having those with good credit be compelled to subsidize those with bad credit when it comes to pursuit of mortgage loans. Michael, appreciate you sticking around. Thanks so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. No, no. Good to have you. Good to have you. Um, now, it, it, it seems to me that what I was mentioning before was is, is perfectly attainable. The idea of having maybe a citizen-wide class action lawsuit against Biden's efforts in this regard, because millions could again meet the criteria for what constitutes standing. Uh, standing is injury in fact, causation and likelihood of redress. Injury in fact, a harm that is actual or an imminent versus merely conjectural or hypothetical. Causation, showing how said harm is traceable to the controversial conduct and focus. And finally, likelihood of redress. This is where the plaintiffs must identify the remedy that a court's ruling could offer. So it, it, it seems to me that any decent law firm would jump on this because all of these boxes could be ticked. But looking away from that, I'm thinking this should even have to be embraced either because there's already enough justification for this GOP-led House to file a lawsuit against the executive on constitutional grounds. This is a clear-cut separation of powers violation because these bozos are trying to commit taxation without representation. They're trying to go around Congress who has charge of the purse strings. Your take on it. Well, my take is pretty simple. I think that this is obviously an egregious act from the Biden administration, but they know they can get away with it. And that's the problem. We have to establish a different track record of opposition. The minute something like this happens, we need to have a GOP that is led to defend the American citizenry and go out there and file these lawsuits uh, immediately. I, I don't understand why there's any sort of dragging of feet here. We need to actually recognize that the, the remedying act is not to simply file a bill in Congress that would then, uh, Toward this and push it back, we actually need to recognize that this is illegitimate in the first place. And unless we're willing to admit that it's illegitimate, he has no authority to do this. The executive branch does not have the ability to weaponize bureaucratic agencies against the values and the rights of American people who have done nothing but pay their bills on time. And we need to recognize that on its face. So I I am disappointed in GOP leadership this morning. I think we need to do more. And there needs to be a robust lawsuit paired with a very robust press campaign. The left is better at us when it comes to organizing on this regard. And uh, we, but here's the reality. We, the people need to step up and recognize that 
if these politicians, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, are not willing to represent our values and protect our rights, especially when it comes down to the fundamentals of being able to achieve the American dream as it relates to housing, we should primary them, vote them out of office. Uh, they have received way too much bandwidth to run over our rights no, for too I, long. No, I understand and that, that but, but, but here's the problem. Our, our, our individual protections under the Bill of Rights are supposed to exist regardless of who's elected. You know, when it comes to matters of cooperative coexistence, uh, sure, uh, let the laws be written as they are. And, you know, if somebody else has a more competitive voice than yours, then even if it's not advisable, that policy is going to uh, transcend the day. And I'm fine with that because that's how our, our, our system of government is supposed to work. But when you have people in power who, in a very on-point fashion, violate black-letter constitutional law, because, again, Article 1 says that Congress gets to make these decisions having to do with spending, and if, it's gonna, and if, the, and if our money is going to be taken through taxes, fines, or fees, that's supposed to come from Congress. And it already has in plenty of forms, but not this one as being executed by Biden. So I'm thinking people can just disregard this. They should just disregard this. All financial institutions should just disregard it because, again, an executive order as well as a legislative law truly is only as binding as it is constitutionally compliant. Anytime legislative law conflicts with constitutional law or anytime an executive order conflicts with constitutional law, constitutional law wins the day each and every time does it not so let people ignore these things violate the president's order say no f you biden no we're not going to do this at this institution because you're violating the constitution on point and if you if your sorry ass has a problem with my telling you to get screwed and that we're not going to bother listening to your executive order then you can take us to court and guess what you will lose. Where am I mistaken? Well, you're not mistaken, but that what you just laid out requires two things. Number one, it requires a lot of courage from the citizenry and then obviously the financial institutions to also recognize that this is illegitimate. And that's part of the problem. The United States now is in a situation today where we're set up like an oligarchy, where the major leads of the financial institutions are in bed with a bureaucratic state that is weaponized its values against those of the American people. And so part of the problem is uh, what we're going to see happen is all of a sudden this illegitimate action gets baked into the cake in these mortgages and the, the, the penalties will be so under the radar and the financial institutions will be in on it and they, they won't be willing to step up against a corrupt regime, which, by the way, I want to pause for a second and state the, the, the progressives in the United States today that have the Biden administration by the neck uh, they claim often that they're fighting fascism. But let me remind everyone, the definition of fascism is when big government gets in bed with big, big business to weaponize their values against political opposition. That's exactly what's happening here. Mortgage uh, owners that pay on time are trying to do best by financial stewardship. And unfortunately, they're getting penalized in the process. So, yes, I would love to tell the American people, stand up and recognize that this is legitimate. Just do not comply with it. But the problem is if the financial institutions are also going to go along with the charade, we've got a troubling set of circumstances on our hands. Well, hold it. You're in a position to exert a little uh, leverage yourself against Congress because, again, before the people should even have to bother doing this stuff, Congress has just had its separated power usurped. It seems to me that it has a fast-track easy case against the Biden administration. And we've seen these things before. We've seen institutional struggles before. Don't forget, 
when uh, Donald Trump tried to execute an executive order that was within his lexicon of separated powers, the uh, remain in Mexico uh, option, he eventually prevailed because everybody trying to stop him, including some of the judiciary at the lower end, were proven wrong. He had a Title VIII prerogative to do what he did. I, I can't remember the exact words, but the Supreme Court quoted that section of it that entitled him to do it. And he had an institutional separation of power um, suit that was filed in his own defense, and he won. So if it could be done then, I don't see why can't, Congress can't do it now. Anyway, thanks for being with us. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job 
not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters. Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, We've been going over a ton ton of things today. Right now, though, I want to zero in on what we haven't gotten to as much as I wanted to. You have tennis great Martina Navratilova coming out against the woke Nazis' um, refusal to let naturally born females compete among themselves without transgender females pushing them out of athletic games. She's very supportive of the transgender community, as is yours truly. She just believes that it's uh, a case of ignoring science by insisting that there's nothing wrong with having the two compete with one another. Uh, There is just uh, an absolute unfairness uh, that can't be denied. Um, It it, it seems so bizarre that we we, we just don't understand that there's nothing wrong with saying that you can be pro-transgender, while still recognizing the inherently unfair physical advantage that transgender females have over naturally born females in competitive sports. And I think that's all that Martina Navratilova is also trying to point out. Uh, I'll tell you what, without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce old friend of the show, one of my semi-regulars, none other than John Jordan, CEO of Jordan Winery. He's also an attorney and Fox News contributor. John, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Happy to be here, Alan. Good to have you. Good to have you. Well, Leah Thomas, um, uh, she, of course, an NCAA uh, a champion swimmer right now, transgender, uh, transgender female. She said on the Dear Shulier uh, podcast with uh, uh, Baylor Shulier, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, again, she, of course, the first openly transgender NCAA swimmer. She said those who support her as a person but not her uh, pursuit in sports – are, quote, using the guise of feminism to sort of push transphobic beliefs, unquote. 
Now, Navratilova slammed Thomas um, and said in her own tweet, newsflash, Leah, it's just not fair. We shouldn't have to explain it to you over and over. Also, stop explaining feminism to feminists. I, I thought that was good. But she also, what she pointed out is that, in her own words, once somebody, and I'm quoting her directly now, once somebody has gone through male puberty, there is no way to erase that physical advantage. You cannot simply turn back the clock, for instance, by trying to lower testosterone levels. Um, does, Nar- Mar- does Martina have a point? Well, yeah, she does. I mean, this is the, the left needs to, you know, this is a follow the science moment, right? I mean, we're all tired of hearing that. They need to, they need to follow the science. So what you have here is that the important distinction is people saying, hey, you know, I'm pro-human. I support, you know, I support the dignity and rights of every person, whether they're gay, no matter what race they are, if they're transgender, everybody's, you're all Amer- Americans and human beings. At the same time, you can be supportive of that. And not say and not deny science with this, you know, women, men can compete in women's sports and men should be in women's shower rooms. Most Americans lived experience will quail at that. And that's where the liberal orthodoxy is overreaching. And they're going to this is going to result in a backlash that kind of spills over into other areas of lefty overreach. Um, especially when you've, when you've lost Martina Navratilova and you've lost a big portion of the gay community, you, are, you have overreached. And the left is about to find that out. And then you fold that in with, you know, what we're coming out of now. We're finding out that, you know, it was, did come, the virus did come from the Wuhan lab. Um, masks didn't work. The vaccines didn't work. You're seeing so many of the things that the left held out as religious truth are collapsing on themselves because they're colliding with people's common sense and lived experience. So I think you're going to see a big backlash against a lot of the stuff that's been put in our faces in the last couple of years. No, I think you're right. As a matter of fact, uh, we have two powerhouse liberal feminist organizations who have essentially agreed with the Republican bill, you know, this um, Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. you got the Women's Liberation Front. And the Women's Declaration International USA, they're now on the same side as uh, swimmer, you know, all-American swimmer Riley Gaines, as well as the Republicans. Well, exactly. Alan, Alan, what you're seeing here is the real, remember Nancy's Pelosi's Republicans are raging a war on women? Yeah. This is what the left is doing. This is a war of eradication by the left on women. I mean, they seek to, they, to, 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 to erase them. Now they're birthing persons and chest feeding and men can compete in women's sports. And a lot of feminists who are as left as they're saying, this is too far. This is too much. Um, and so you fold this into other narratives that have been exposed as, as weird and fraudulent by the left. And you're going to see kind of a return. Common sense is going to become fashionable again by Christmas. Just watch. Man, I'm hoping so, because if that's the case, then 2024 is still doable for the non-left community to maybe get a complete imbecile out of the White House. Look, on this issue, I think we can universally celebrate the entire, the entire trans community as the equals they are without having to deny the science in a way that really marginalizes others just because that science doesn't fit a preferred narrative camouflaged as a superior morality. I mean, yeah, but this is part of a broader goal by the left. And their goal by the left is to destroy the notion of family, to destroy the notion of men and women in marriage, because they've always sought to destroy what they call the nuclear family and supplant it with the state. 
And I can't, I mean, I can't help but think that this is part of that Saul Alinsky school of thought. That since we seek to elevate the state, we have to destroy and we have to destroy those structures and natural natural things which um, promote individual or uh, individual autonomy and individual agency. You know that's why they're seeking to replace the. You know they're saying they're our kids, they're states' kids, not your kids isn't part of a broader cultural effort i know but they're all erase. claims aren't they my friend they're all claims i mean isn't there a limit to how long folks can take seriously assertions endlessly well, know, predicated that's, that's on what, what are just other assertions that's what i'm saying i think common sense is going to break out with this kind of overreach yeah because all they got right now are shaming tactics used as in place of validation and, and i think most people catch on to the difference between a genuine premise versus a woke pretext pretending to be one. Or maybe I'm being overly sanguine about this. What say you? No, I know that's actually the case, but that only happens when leftist narratives collide with people's common sense and lived experiences. And I yeah, think because that's, it seems... I, that's why I'm optimistic. Well, I'm glad to hear about your optimism because you and I are one of the few that are. So many people I have on the show, they're just really down. They think the left are getting away with it and they're never going to be restrained because they've got this manipulation tactic where they, you know, they use secondary measures of allegedly more important morals to supplant the primary moral measure of our right to choose for ourselves that which we prefer, our own path. Anyway, as usual, never enough time. John Jordan, everybody. Always great to have you back. Thanks again, pal. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Thanks again, everybody. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.